Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Kepner's Clueless Conversations. Um, despite the name, this week uh, is going to be a little different. It's not going to be really a Clueless Conversation. It's going to be more of a informative podcast episode today. So, I do not have a guest this week. Um, now that we have three episodes out, I... I want you guys to get to know me a little bit. So this this episode is just going to be um, kind of how I got to where I am today. So it may be long, it may be short. I depends on how long-winded I am. I, I, tr- I will try not to make it too long. But I figure if you're watching this and you want to know a little bit more about me, well, here you go. So to start off, I was born in a small town, live in the Midwest, so most towns around here are small, but I I grew up in a very small town where there was about 100 people, um, very close to where I live today, but I I grew up in that town, and (laughs) the difference between there and where I live now is, well, I remember growing up and there were about three kids in the town total. And the other two were a set of sisters, one older and one younger than me. And I remember growing up, and th- those really were some of my only friends. There were some other kids who would come to town every now and again, but no one really ever stuck around because it was a, a town of 100 with three kids. So growing up, I, the, they were my friends. Uh, the older one didn't really like to hang out with us because she was a couple years older than I was, and her her little sister was a year younger than I was, so really, it was me and the little sister that hung out most of the time, and we, we were pretty good friends, and, you know, I would say we we're still somewhat friends, but not, not near as much as we were back then, considering we were the only two people who really hung out in the small town that I grew up in. Um, and that was through most of elementary, in, in all honesty. Up until about third grade, um, I went to a small school with not very many kids. And, you know, I, I had friends in my class, but they didn't live near me, so I didn't really hang out with them much. Um I mean, that, that started to change um, when the school's grade sided and we had kids from the surrounding neighborhood, neighborhoods, the surrounding towns uh, coming to all to one school uh, from like third to fifth grade. <clears throat> and that was, that was really nice for me because uh, there were more kids I could interact with. I had just moved to a, a bigger town and didn't really know anybody. Um, still in the same district, so I still, you know had the same friends. My grandma lived in the in the small town, so I would still hang out with my, my two friends from from early childhood. But once I started getting more into, uh, well, older I, I is the easiest way to say it, um, I started making new friends, friends that were in my class, friends that were boys. <laughs> um, and I, I really, really started to enjoy their company. And about fifth grade, sixth grade, we uh, we were living in, in the town I live in now and started getting invited to friends' houses. And uh, that was that was 
new because I'd never, never really would stay the night at, well, my, back in the small towns, I'd never stay over the night because, well, I was a boy, they were girls, it just didn't work out too well. So I never really understood what it meant to have like a, I don't want to say slumber party, but for lack of a better phrase, either that or a sleepover with with a friend. And it it was nice. It was nice to be able to get to know more people and to create new friendships, which, full disclaimer, um, that's going to be a, a big, big part of this episode is just some of the bonds that I formed. So, yeah. It's just just a little inkling of what's to come. Uh, Hit junior high. Was living in the town I live in now. A town of about 1,500 people in the Midwest, uh, middle of Illinois. And, um, you know, life was good. Uh, But then then things started to kind of get dark. I, I lost my grandpa when I was in junior high. I was lost. He was he was a big big inspiration in my life. He was a he was always there. He was always so so kind and loving towards me and my little brother and it was hard not having him there. And I think back to it now and I'm lucky I made the friends I did because well the one invited me to a junior high youth group at the church I work at now and uh I I didn't know what to expect. I was an angry little teenage boy, well, almost teenage boy, um, not really knowing what to do with my life because I, I was lost. And he, I think he could see that. And so my friend invited me to youth group where a lot of people in our class went to. And I started to, to get to know them a little better and uh, in, a, in a safe environment at that. And I I started to understand love. You know, not just, you know, what everyone says love is, but God's love. And that's really one of the turning points in my life. I, I started to get to know him more, started to get to know people in the church more and the leaders more, and went to a Bible camp, which... When I was younger, I I had a little hesitation, but my friend assured me that it was going to be fun, and lo and behold, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, as I've been there four or five other times, not just as a camper, but as a leader, too. Um, <clears throat> well, after that, uh, I came back from camp, and me, the friend who invited me, and one of our other good friends, we, we all decided that it was, it was time to get baptized because I, I truly had a, a grasp of what God's love looks like, and I understood that, you know, even when bad things happen, God can use it. Even at that age, I started to understand, and I wanted to follow Jesus because I want to see my grandpa again. Now, that's not the motivation behind it. That, that had a little bit to do with it, but the real motivation was having a relationship with Jesus. And um, that's where, that's the first turn, turning point in my life, really, starting to get on the right track, and, you know, I, I was happier. Started making more friends, started doing sports, which, if you would have looked at me back in junior high, maybe I'll post a picture, I don't know, but if you, uh, 
if you were to look at me back in junior high, you would be surprised to, surprised to hear that I did sports. <laughs> um, and I, I had a very close-knit group of friends, and I was happy. And not saying that I there was any other time that I wasn't happy, but there were some pretty down times in, in the years to come. And so uh, kind of with that, I'll transition to high school where... High school is really the the time where you discover who you are, try to discover who you are, and you experiment a little bit. And so I really enjoyed musicals, I really enjoyed plays, so I started doing drama club. And I found a new group of friends who had similar interests. And uh, I grew more relationships. I started hanging out with different people, and it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I... Well, as most people in high school do, they start dating. And I, you know, started dating this girl my freshman year. I think I fell head over heels for her because it was really my first serious relationship that lasted about a month, and then I I got dumped. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was that was hard because, you know, I, I really feel like I was falling for her. And then she took me back my sophomore year <laughs> for pretty darn close to the whole year, if not the whole year. Oh, no, it was the whole school year and then a little bit after. But being a high school boy, a sophomore age boy at that, I was immature. I'm not saying I'm super mature now, but I was a lot less mature than I am today. And, you know, really, I feel like she was my first high school love, at least. Um, we talked about the future. We talked about a lot of things. And really, I think towards the end of the relationship, I started to, uh, to panic because I'm a sophomore boy who just, just got his license in the summertime. And I had this freedom and, you know, I hadn't really felt that before. And I I freaked out and I I ended it. I ended that relationship that it, it wasn't a bad relationship by any means, but it was just I feel it got too serious too quick and she wasn't the one. That's that's all I can say. That's what I have to say now because she wasn't my wife. <laughs> um, so moving on uh, after that relationship ended that is when I kind of hit my second dark patch um, had all this freedom with the license and the freedom to really kind of go wherever I wanted to within reasonable limits of course but I started dating people from different towns and that got ugly because one of them my parents didn't approve of and I really wanted to stay with her because, you know, being a high school boy, all this freedom, I, you know, I thought I loved her. Then she cheated on me, so I ended it, but still talked to her. And that's a, that's a whole whole other story. But that, that, that cycle kind of continued through my senior year, too. And I just... I got into some things I shouldn't have. I'm not going to go into explicit detail, but, you know, I started drinking, started going to parties. It, it wasn't, it wasn't good. 
But luckily, someone from the church that I had grown up in, had started to get to know God in, reached out to me and wanted me to read a read scripture at a baccalaureate speech for graduation. And I was hesitant again because I I knew there'd be some comeuppance when I got into the Word of God, but I agreed for some reason at that time. Started getting to God's Word, and really it hit hard, and it hit home, because I I realized what I was doing. All the things I was doing were wrong. So I, again, ended a relationship that wasn't healthy, and I started getting right with God again, as best as I can. And so I did the baccalaureate speech and graduated high school. Now to kind of kind of give you some background uh, to what's coming next. Uh, in high school, I I worked at the park district here in my town. Worked with kids, loved working with kids, swimming lessons, t-ball, you name it. Um, so I, I, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to spend my life teaching kids. And because I, I felt like I was really good at it. I felt like I'd been given a gift with kids. And so I started pursuing schools that I could become a teacher at. Well, that, that kind of stayed true, but not as true as being an elementary school teacher, because the summer after I graduated, I was invited to a, a vacation Bible school to be a group leader. And I, I, was, I was fresh off of coming off of baccalaureate, and I was in the Word of God, and I, I wanted to teach kids, and I'm like, this is a good opportunity for me to, to get involved, because I, I felt like the fire was lit and I was burning bright. And so I hopped on. And I, I say, whenever I think of this, it's, this is probably the biggest change in my life. So, for every VBS, there's a, a, a salvation message for the kids. And with that, we had a skit. So I'll just briefly describe the skit. So what the skit was is, you know, you had your Jesus character and you had this, this king, this earthly king. He had the crown and everything. And there was a song that I was playing. I can't remember the song, but Jesus walks in with his cross down the aisle towards the front of the sanctuary. Puts it up, lays on it, and dies. Then a new song starts, a more uplifting song. And it's like Jesus was raised after the third day. And the, the earthly king, the king who had everything, took off his crown, put it at his feet, and hugged Jesus because he understood that everything that he had gained, all of his riches, were nothing compared to the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And it all came from him. And so he gave it back to him and loved him. And after that, the Jesus character was to invite the children up to pray. I was the Jesus character in that skit. And when I opened my arm to bring the kids down to pray, they came running. It's important to note at this point, during the prayer, like when Jesus ascended to heaven, 
I was supposed to kind of disappear, walk out of the room like I had ascended, being the Jesus character, not myself. <laughs> when the kids came down to pray, they grabbed me so tightly and squeezed me. The biggest embrace I've, I've felt in a long time. Not just because it was, I mean, these kids weren't very big, but the weight of what was happening and what was to happen in the next few seconds. So the prayer started. Obviously, I couldn't get out because they were all, all holding me and holding each other, and it was, it was impossible for me to, <laughs> to leave. And so during the prayer, we have our heads bowed, eyes closed, and something in my mind just tells me to open your eyes and look up. Like God calls us to do, we are to look up. And when I looked up, I saw all these kids hugging not me, but Jesus, reaching out to Jesus, holding on to Jesus, accepting him, loving him. And that's the point in time that I decided I wanted to work with kids, teaching them about God, become a youth minister, youth pastor, work with kids in the church. That's what I wanted to do. Spoiler alert, I made it but we're not there yet. So I had this fire, this, I thought I was burning before that, but the fire that lit in my belly, in my heart, I can't describe it. Literal flames could have been coming out of my hands, my feet, my eyes. I was on fire for the Lord. And then an opportunity came that I can go to Romania. Well, hold on. I want to wait on that. Because after, after that VBS, I started joining the worship team at our church, started singing. And that's when I met a very special little kid, a little girl. I won't say her name. She knows who she is. And she, she was the first one that I, I truly feel that God put in my life to to minister to. And just to kind of expand on that a little bit, this little girl was not known to enjoy the company of men she didn't know. She clung to me. We had an event at our church where, you know, the parents dropped off their kids and as soon as she walked in, right to me. And that that was God speaking to me. I truly believe this is someone you need to minister to. And so I started to get to know her. The relationship grew. I started to get to know her family. The relationship grew. And because of that, I was inspired to start working at the, uh, the local elementary school. Well, volunteering on my days off from, from school. And so I would, I, I went. Uh, luckily, one of the youth leaders at the church was also a kindergarten teacher, so I started helping in kindergarten. And lo and behold, when I walk into that door, guess who's there? The same little girl. And that was, that was the affirmation that I'm supposed to be working with kids, and this one in particular, I have a bond with. And so the relationship grew to the point where the parents 
wanted me to start babysitting all their kids. So I got to know their family. Now this family went to our church and I, you know, I never really knew them before. And now, I mean, to this day, they are some of my best friends. And I, I truly believe that God made that bond. That relationship grew. And then comes Romania. Orphan kids. A VBS for orphan kids. That was, that was what we did. I didn't hesitate. Neither did my dad. We went over there. 2014. And little did I know that was going to be another, another life-changing moment. Because, well, for one, that's uh, really where I started to get to know my wife uh, before we dated. Um, and that's where I met another little girl who God put in my life and has continued to grow a relationship with. A little orphan girl who didn't know me from Adam decided she wanted to be by my side the entire time. Well, most of the time. Not the entire time, obviously. And she reminded me of the girl back home. Loving, kind, compassionate, silly. And so that relationship grew. Then I started dating my wife. A couple months later. It was weird before because, well, we didn't know each other. And we thought it was weird with a little bit of an age gap, about four years. I just graduated high school. (laughs) She was just kind of starting high school. Um, but we, we waited, we waited till she was 15 and then I asked her, asked her on a date. It was a very interesting date. Uh, we went mini golfing at a place that the mini golf course disappeared. So we ended up going for dinner, (laughs) but that's, I mean, if I wouldn't have gone to Romania, I would have never really gotten to know my wife. And I probably wouldn't have gone back to Romania three separate times to see that same girl there every time and building that relationship up more and more. <clears throat> so after I started dating my, my wife-to-be, I got a job at the local elementary school. There was a job opening for a one-on-one aide in the class below the class I had already worked with. And I had worked with this, with this class too, but I didn't know them as well. And so I, I took the job, oh, sorry. I took the job with a one-on-one with a, a little boy who, he was a spirited little guy. I love him to this day. I don't, I don't see him near as much because he moved, moved to a different town, but he was just so full of energy and full of knowledge and happiness. He was just, he was just an awesome guy. And I, I got to know that, that class very well because I was with them for three years, just that class. Got to know each and every one of those kids so well. And I remember a specific time. It was actually, I think it was either the day after or it was Valentine's Day. Um, so the day before I was at church, Sunday morning, and this guy came, he's a, he's a guy in our church, he had this cupcake topper, it, it said love, and he challenged me, he challenged me to reach out to someone and tell them that God loves them, 
I'm like, okay, that's an easy enough challenge. And I told him I work at a school, and there's there's been a couple kids that have been on my mind, and maybe I'll give it to one of them. He's like, that's that's an awesome idea. So next day, it's it's a Monday morning. They ha- well, Monday morning, I, I start kind of searching and really asking God, who am I supposed to give this to? And it wasn't until the Valentine's Day party that I that he pointed someone out. So you have all these kids getting all these Valentines and having a great time. And there's this one, this one girl who I knew prior, um, kind of known her since she was born, but not, not well enough to really, like, know her. But she seemed a little off, and she's the one I decided to give the cupcake topper to. And I, I remember kind of taking her aside and telling her, you know what? I'm going to give you this because God loves you. He loves you so much that he's put people in your life who care so much about you. And if you ever have any questions, come to me because I'm one of those people. And that started a relationship that to this day, I, you know, I don't see her near as often, but when I, when I do, I, I enjoy our time. I, my, my heart leaps for joy because this, this girl is just, she's funny for one, sassy for two, and just really sweet. And uh, if she's listening to this, she's going to be really embarrassed because she knows who she is too, especially if I say the cupcake topper. I'm not going to say her name, but um, again, this is God working in my life and really bringing me to where I needed to be. And so... Uh, that happened (laughs) and then um well I engaged got engaged to my my wife-to-be and I slowly started to realize that teacher's aid salary is not enough to support a family and so unfortunately I had to walk away from the school with a sub certificate in hand so I could come back every now and again to to say hello but it was hard walking away because I had built this relationship with these kids for years. And I had to walk away from it for a little bit. Not completely, because I still got to see them and still do to this day. But it, it was hard. It was hard, hard on me and I know it was hard on them. As I'm sitting in my office, which has so many reminders of that day. Notes, pictures, everything. And... I got the picture of my my three year sign at at the at the school, and it's it's a little overwhelming now that I'm sitting here and actually doing this. Um, the word love is all over the place, and I I felt loved by those kids and by that staff, and I I loved them, and I continue to love. Love is the common thread through all this. I'm just going to say that, and. Hmm. It's an awesome thing. But anyway, I started working in a factory. Another dark time in my life. Just, it wasn't for me because I couldn't be around the kids because I was in a factory at till 4 o'clock in the morning. And I, I, I'll admit I was a grumpy, grumpy guy. And I, I took it out of my wife, and that, that was not okay. Um, and a couple months in, I got a, got a call to come here to the church and talk to the head pastor, and he said, 
there may be an opportunity for you to be the youth pastor here. And I hopped on it. I quit my job. I, I totally knew God was in control. And I remember that meeting about three years ago to the day. Sitting in the chair, so nervous, kind of rocking back and forth. My wife was right next to me. And the board president walked up there. He called me up and he said, by unanimous vote, because the congregation had to vote whether or not to have me as a youth pastor, by unanimous decision, Brett Kepner is our new youth pastor. And the joy that filled my heart, the joy that continues to fill my heart to this day, was sparked there. And I got to work with kids in different ways, teaching them God's word. It was an amazing day. And I I have a loving wife. I have a kid on the way. Life is good. There have been plenty of hard times, don't get me wrong. But as I look back today, and this is kind of the kind of the synopsis here. As I look back today, I can see God working even in the darkest times. When my grandpa died, well, if that wouldn't have happened, I would have reached out to my friend and he wouldn't have reached out to me. I wouldn't be where I was today. God can use the darkest times of your life to bring the most growth. But the thing we have to do is trust him, accept him, love him. No matter what's going on, we cannot say we hate him because he continues to pour love out on us every day, whether we want it or not. All these kids in my life, they, I feel like they've prepared me for what my, my son, who's going to be here in a little less than three months, they've prepared me in ways that I never thought I'd ever be prepared. If, if you were to ask me three years ago... Uh, if I'd have all these relationships, I would have said, probably not. But God was there with me. He carried me through the dark times and lifted me up to the highest of highs. And so I hope, I hope that this kind of gives you a better understanding of why I am the way I am. If you know me. If you don't know me, I hope this gives you a better understanding of who I am. And so with that, well, before I go, in case these people are listening, to those, those girls and those boys who have helped me through so much, to my family and my extended family, to the youth leaders, the leadership of this church that I work at, and the leaders of this community, I thank you. You've made me the person that I am today. You've helped guide me in the right path. you kept me accountable. Most of all, you taught me who God is and how much he loves me. So I thank all of you. And I, I, I love you all. I know this is kind of a sappy episode. And it's... But you know what? I don't care. (laughs) I love all of you. 
I hope you guys have a great week, and next week we'll have a, a normal episode for you, uh, a little bit more fun one. Um, not that this wasn't fun by any means, but in actuality, I, I do enjoy this. So with that, I will, I will see you next week. Sorry for that. That was a cough that didn't happen. I will see you next week, and uh, have a good one.